Hi, welcome to Fresh Pressed for the 5th of November, 2019. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Um, this is a show where we talk about uh, music. Is this flowing well, Gabe? Yeah, I think we could maybe work on our flow a little bit. Maybe we should tell them what specifically the music is that we will be showing them. Ah, uh, yes, it's songs. Ah, songs. And is there any particular format to this show that we have thrust upon our audience? Gabe, I'm glad you asked, but I'm not glad that you used the word thrust. Um, there is a format, and the format is, uh, first of all, we have a weekly theme. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That uh, each of us will pick one song that in some way fits to that theme. We'll see how closely we manage to fit things to the theme or how tenuously I manage to work in some Death Cab for Cutie every week um, for whatever theme we happen to choose. Uh, and then the second half of the show, we talk about uh, some brand new music. So let's jump into the theme. Um, today is the 5th of November, and we have decided that nothing would be more convenient for our first theme than just using the date. So uh, the 5th of November as a concept, uh, I guess, recently entered the public consciousness, um, particularly here in the United States, by uh, V for Vendetta. You know, the movie with uh, Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving, where they uh, blow up you London. You mean the graphic novel by Alan Moore? Yeah, but did you know that he actually didn't sign off on the movie completely? He didn't That's take any royalties from it, which is uh, sad. Although, I guess everything worked out because Watchmen and all that. That movie was bad. Anyway... In V for Vendetta, those Guy Fox masks became a thing that then became the symbol for Anonymous and took on weird alt-right things as well. But it all harkens back to the 5th of November, 1605, when Guy Fox and the Catholic conspirators of the gunpowder plot attempted to blow up Parliament and the Protestant, King James I, who, if you remember your Tudor history, was the successor of Queen Elizabeth I. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm very serious. So, no, I'm know, not. Pl- wait, hold on. I don't. It's not that I don't believe the history. I don't believe that you just said, if you remember your Tudor history, as if I was supposed to have learned that and retained that information. Well, actually, that's a good point, Andrew, because if I said Tudor history, that would be a little bit misleading because King James I was actually a Stuart, even though Elizabeth was a Tudor. Exactly. That's exactly what I meant. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page then. Anyway, back to the gunpowder plot. So the plotters are discovered, and Guy Fox is just like standing underneath the House of Lords with 36 barrels of gunpowder, and thus the gunpowder plot was thwarted. How much gunpowder? Uh, 36 barrels. And uh, various. Okay, like, but that's like the that's like British metric, whatever. What's what's the imperial version of that? No, 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 no barrels. No, I mean like the 36. That's a, not a number we have in America. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, three dozen. There you go. Thank you. Barrels of gunpowder. Anyway, they wanted to celebrate survival of Parliament and their king. So London, you know, um, decided to engage in some good old-fashioned debauchery. And so the over the years, bonfires and fireworks have been lit on November 5th, and effigies of Guy Fawkes were burned. So this is alternately known as Guy Fawkes Night or Bonfire Night or Fireworks Night. And it was then commemorated in popular culture and music and podcasts such as ours. And also a well-known nursery rhyme, which I am going to read to you because it's just classic. Okay, go ahead. So it goes something like this. Uh, Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. 
I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. How's that sound? Pretty good. Great. I did you want me to clap or or what? No, actually, uh, Andrew, I wanted you to tell me about um, songs, which is the point of this podcast. So, what did you bring for uh, for Guy Fox Night for Bonfire Night? So, I have selected a song entitled "Gunpowder" by Vashti Bunyan, who is a British uh, folk singer who put out an album in like 1968 that was. Very good, but nobody bought it. So she was like, meh, fuck this shit. So she quit music. Like altogether? Yep. Wow. And then people listened to her, her album and they were like, oh, this is very good. And so like by the early 2000s, they were, you know, people were hunting down the her one record because it was such, you know, just did one printing and nobody bought it. So they were like, you could like buy it for $3,000 or something. Whoa. Um, And eventually... uh word got to her that people liked her music and she was like oh cool i guess i'll try this again so in the 2000s she returned to music after 30 years of not being in it um and she's released two albums since then perseverance is an incredible trait yes well i wouldn't really call well, it perseverance I don't know. Because yeah she mm. tried and then she quit and then 30 years later someone was like hey come back so she returned uh, well, it's a good effort, at least. So Gunpowder is from um, her 2014 album, Heart Leap. And this is how it sounds. I really like this song and I really like all of her stuff. It's very chill and illustrative, I would say. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah. Like, that's my first thought when I listen to it. I think, wow, this is beautiful. And it's very simple and definitely in the vein of the music that I know that you listen to, right? Yes. There's like acoustic, there's like a little bit of strings that comes in at the end, which is really nice. I think it's a cello. Yeah, it's it's very sort of stripped down and simple, which is I mean, you know, when if you're talking about the folk scene of of the late 60s early 70s when she started to become a musician, um makes a lot of sense. And um she was, she said I was reading about this album in particular Heartleap um that she sort of she recorded and edited a lot of it herself, which is something she had not done before. Um and she sort of liked having it all collected um, when she was alone. And then once it's all done, she could like show it to everyone. She says like, I want to emerge from the shelter of others and stand out in the open. Yeah. That's a really nice sentiment. Yeah. Have you listened to any of the other music off the album? I have once or twice. I really love her, the original album, which is called Just Another Diamond Day. Okay. This is the one that was released in 1968. Yeah, 1970. But I think her, it sort of works best as this message from the past sort of thing. 
which I guess it always was, except for the, like the four people who bought her album in 1970. Her 2005 album has a lot of like synth stuff that doesn't doesn't work as well, I think. Sure. Um, and then Heartleap, I think, mixes those two things together really well. So there's some sort of ethereal noises that I think align with her voice and the the timbre of her voice really well. She has this very like fluty sort of floating tone. It's kind of drifting over the top of, at least in this song, over the top of the guitar. It's just really nice. Yeah, I think it's a really beautiful piece of music. And I think the lyrics are also really interesting. I know, Gabe, you don't often listen to lyrics that closely. I'm not a lyrics person, unfortunately. But tell, tell us about the lyrics. Is there any particular line that stood out to you? Um, well, it's very short, but it's actually like, I kind of want to just read the lyrics, if that's okay. Yeah, please do. Okay. It seems however hard I try, the words that I let fly out of my mouth don't ever say what I want them to say. It seems that I can never learn my words, watching them turn around, burning, lighting the gunpowder trails that you lay. I blow my chances, and you through the years out with all the merry dances you led me, you led me. I should look for a shed somewhere, keep my words in the air, padlocked there, forever and silently out of harm's way. I think her lyrics suit her voice and her musical style very well, in that everything that she writes sort of weaves in and out and is, um, again, ethereal. I'll keep using that word. No, it's a good word. Not all lyrics in music can be read like a poem and sound good. Exactly. Very true. Gunpowder definitely does, right? When you read that, it sounded like it could have just been in a book of poetry or, as opposed to also a beautiful song. So what um, did you bring for me, Gabe, about Guy Fawkes? So I went a little more on the nose with our theme. But interestingly, I also picked a folk musician's music and a folk song, I guess, to some degree. Um, So the song I've chosen is called Guy Fawkes' Signature. And it's by a Scottish folk musician um, named James Yorkston, who doesn't have like this long history of leaving music and then coming back. But at least he's from the British Isles, so they've got that in common. Yeah, well, again, Gunpowder, Guy Fawkes' signature. So just to clarify off the bat, Guy Fawkes' signature is kind of this um, little bit of pop culture trivia. There are records of his signature prior to being arrested and then undergoing torture by the... British government at the time after he tried to blow them up and then he has a signed confession after eight days of torture um, in the Tower of London uh, kind of iconically and it's a really really distinct difference and it's on the album cover itself of of this single by James Yorkston right yes so uh, but it's very clear that after eight days of torture on the rack whatever they very the English clearly broke this man. Um, and so the chorus uses that as its, like, as the crux of the song. 
And I think of Guy Fawkes' signature before and after torture. One the world he'd been through to change his whole demeanor. Maybe I should buy- yeah, I'm looking at the um, the picture of these two signatures now. And it's just, it's a very clear Guido Fox, which I guess was his name was Guido. Um, but it's very clear in, in his pre-torture one. And then in the second one, it's clearly the same handwriting, like the same gestures, but it's incredibly shaky through his first name. And then he doesn't even write Fox. It's just like three slashes in the general direction. Like I'm, I can't make it through, which is kind of upsetting. Yeah, I think that G at the front of his name is really haunting because, as you pointed out, it's he's clearly trying to make the same G that he used to and like just cannot. And I tried to tell him of the last wedding I played where it had been suggested I just strayed in drunk for some nearby Irish bar. It'd do me good to leave the house. He did say. But I've been out all week. We just keep um, so this song is from Yorkston's record from a couple years ago, um, from 2014, um, called the Cellar Dyke Recording and Wassailing Society. Mm-hmm. Usually wassailing, by the way. Is that the correct, correct pronunciation? It's wassailing? I think so. I went for wassailing, but that's okay. Yeah. Wassailing sounds like you're saying wrestling, but <laughs> well, you have a lit. You can't do your R's. <laughs> Um, so it was produced by Alexis Taylor, who uh, our listeners may know, uh, you may know um, from Hot Chip, oh. who are like this electronic synth band. Yeah. Um, so he's the lead singer on for Hot Chip, um, and he helped produce this record. And it features two other um, Scottish musicians, um, Katie Tunstall, who... Uh, uh, covered uh, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree a few years ago and became Wait, yeah. pretty well known for yeah. that cover. Um, and is actually just generally a pretty large name in UK music. Um, and then a much smaller name, um, Pictish Trail, who is also a Scottish musician. Um, but and, in terms of name coolness. Oh, Pictish Trail is excellent. You might say the biggest of names. Yeah. So him and Yorkston... Um, were or are members of the Fence Collective, which is a group of independent musicians. And then there was an associated record label based out of Fife in Scotland. Um, and Cellardyke is in Fife, hence the record name, the Cellardyke Recording and Wassailing Society. Oh boy. Don't know how to pronounce that word. That's probably close enough. I honestly don't know. I think it's Wassail. I'll trust you on that one. I've only ever heard it in the context of, of that one Christmas carol. And I don't know what the word means. It's actually um, similar to caroling. People used to go door to door. That's the that's all of it that I know. So this is so in, in the song, Yorkston speaks the words. It's it's spoken, even though a lot of his music is not spoken word folk music. And then you can hear Katie Tunstall and uh, Pictish Trail singing at times around him and with him or like over his um his spoken words yeah it sort of reminded me of um sun kill moon in that way yeah definitely to some extent and very much a story like a a somewhat it's not a mundane story but it's like 
I don't know. It's it's a it's a real life story that he's just sort of speaking through with music in under and above it. Yeah, it, it feels like there's a lot of emphasis in the song on this idea of empathy and using Guy Fox's signature as a crutch to to like we what what do people go through in this world? What do we not know? Who is this friend from next door that Yorkston is talking about? who does seem like they've been through something and, and is almost like a little off the way that they're described. Your friend from next door was around again, telling me he knew what we'd been through, as his house was too small and he was going to have to move. And his son had had his struggles with the piano, and for weeks they'd gotten by with no sleep. The dog sawtooth had kept them full awake. Um, so now let's move on to our new songs, new tunes, as I like to call them. These are tracks that have been released in the last seven days um, as of recording. We're recording this on Sunday the 3rd. So if something amazing came out on Monday the 4th and we don't talk about it, that's why we'll get it next week. Or we won't because something even better will come out on Friday. You never know. You do never know. So I've chosen uh, a song called White River, which is the first song off of a new EP from Fauness. That's F-A-U-N-E-S-S. Um, and the EP is titled Lashes in a Landfill. Scary. I think it's eyelashes in a landfill, not uh, whiplashes. Actually, interesting. Oh, not yeah. whipping? Okay, fair. Okay, so Faunus is a pretty new artist. She hasn't even released a full uh, like debut record yet. Um, and she's from London. And she just likes to describe her music as fairy rock, um, which I think is wild. Um, and apparently it's because there's kind of this ethereal, if we can go back to that word quality, to some of her vocals and... Um, some of her music, although this is a little bit of a like rockier song, I guess. And then rock is supposed to invoke kind of that harder-edged music. It's also been described as grunge pop, but I think it broadly fits into this idea of like bedroom pop or boutique pop. I never know what that means. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, and bedroom pop in particular can go a lot of ways, but I've always thought about it being like kind of a lo-fi recording method, like dancier music maybe, or more accessible vocals, usually a solo artists. But I'll tell you in specifically who Faunus reminds me of is actually Grimes. Um, feels like an influence, but also like I hear like some Charlie XCX mm. and maybe even with kind of like the noisy synths that are behind everything oh maybe a little bit of sleigh bells also um so her first ep came out uh last year called toxic femininity um and the song 16 actually got some traction um which is a more poppy less kind of noisy uh song um and a lot of her music talks about being a woman in the world and 
this idea of femininity and she's talked about how toxic femininity is a descriptor for sometimes her own relationship to the feminine. You can hear that through um, other songs on this EP and yeah, just from her other music in general. Okay, so the other thing I want to talk about with Faunus is some of the media attention has been like pretty vague. So I've seen an article that actually claimed her name is Faunus. Like that was her given, like her birth name. Oh, wow. That didn't really check out to me, but there's no, in none of these articles, they actually talk about what maybe her real name is. Um, and she very explicitly won't talk about her age. But I was curious, so I did a little bit of digging. Um, and her name is uh, Cora Gilroy Ware. Um, and she has a PhD and teaches at the University College of London and has curated an exhibition at the Tate in London. What? Which is crazy. And the exhibition and her PhD were on um, mythological nymphs, like Greek nymphs in British visual arts. Wow. Which is wild to me. And it's a little bit weird to me that none of that has showed up in any of the media attention. Um around how did where did you find this yeah so her actual name is in the spotify credits oh hacking the system oh yeah you know me as a hacker. Uh, oh i get it faunus like a female fawn yes and that is actually the term for a female fawn is a fauness and fauness has obviously had a relationship with nymphs in greek mythology What did you think of the song, Andrew? Um, I thought it was very cool. It's It was a lot noisier than I thought you were going to choose. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good, smoother music that came out this past week in particular, but we we had a lot of folk for our theme songs, so it's good to do maybe something that's a little bit harder on the ears to some extent, if that makes sense. Fair enough. hear what i picked i would love to hear what you picked what did you pick andrew i picked a song entitled limitless by sudan archives i was not familiar with sudan archives although given her whole vibe you would think i would be because she's a uh, like a trained violinist dear to my own heart yes true uh who also does some cool stuff with loop pedals and and makes beats and stuff her debut came out in like 2017 so she's a relatively new artist um and then she had an album that just came out this week entitled athena and i just i was listening to so much music to get ready for this episode and I came upon that song and I was like, oh, okay, found it. Wow, this is amazing. All we have is the internet. It's so 
again i think are really i don't know i don't I, I don't think piercing is the right word but they just sort of they're very straightforward in a way that it's like almost stream of consciousness and just it just feels honest to me yeah maybe poignant is the word poignant is the word poignant is the exact word that i'm looking for yeah i love the production on this song um the violin is so cool um and you don't hear a lot of violin in modern like popular music in particular yeah so especially in the more like alternative r&b stylings that she has uh, i thought the production was really original and interesting yeah um you know the song is i don't know i mean the song is about living in the 21st century and like getting too focused on material goods and your phone which can sometimes be a terrible song premise. Like the problem is phones. That's a terrible, I, that's just, it just is boring. Um, but because it feels so personal and just honest. Um, and I think all of her music does to me sound, sound genuine. Um, it really works. Listen, let me tell you a story. Okay. Tell me that story. I um, did not have a great day on Friday. Just like did not have a great day at work. Had some stuff to do right after work. So I didn't like get to eat until really late. I got home late and I was just feeling pretty bad about myself in general. Um, and so I tried to make myself feel better with like ordering a pizza, which was delicious. Watching some Bob's Burgers. Um and I felt okay. I felt like at the end of that, I was like, okay, I feel okay enough to like stumble off to bed and not have a, you know, like I don't feel good enough that I could say that I am better now, but like. But you could at least fall asleep. Yeah, I could just, I could, I am good enough to quit at this point in my day. But I had a lot of dirty dishes in the sink and I was about to go um, out of town for a day. So I was like, I really should clean that up. Um, so I turned on some music to help me do that. And let me tell you, this album made me feel so much better. It was the only thing that could pull me out of that funk that I was in. And that album uh, was entitled, I Shouldn't Be Telling You This by Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. Little man, you're crying I know why you're blue Someone stole your kitty car away This is a crazy record that came out. It's insane. Uh, it's also his second record. I remember, remember listening to his first one and being like, oh, this is weird, but cool that he's doing this. Yeah, so it's, it's a jazz record. Yeah. I think that honestly makes the most sense. That makes sense to me. No, it makes more sense than him putting out a metal record but yeah it is still a little bit wild 
Yeah, but it's Jeff Goldblum. Everything's wild. Absolutely. Uh, the features on this record are bananas to me. Yeah. Uh, he's got Miley Cyrus and Fiona Apple and Gregory Porter and Sharon Van Etten, uh, among others who are just like all these spectacular vocalists who come on to sing basically over Jeff Goldblum playing piano and his orchestra. Uh, <laughs> who is actually good at their instruments. Yeah, yeah he's... um. He's fine. Yeah. He would probably played in high school, you know? Yeah, and he's also not like... The thing that I like about this album is that it doesn't feel... Although it obviously is a passion project, like, obviously, he's not... No one... This album would not be made if he wasn't Jeff Goldblum, right? Right. Like, in no way would this be anything. Um, But it's also not like he's like, listen to how good I am at piano. It's like, hey, I want to do this, and I have... You know, I just want to bring people together and do this and because i'm jeff goldblum i can record it and produce it really well yeah and feature miley cyrus on it who by the way is spectacular as a jazz vocalist oh yeah she has great feel she sounds great sharon van etten also sounds really good like i feel like that the way that that song is structured work really well with her voice yeah i agree um i honestly almost brought the final track on the album little man you've had a busy day wherein uh, Jeff blesses us with his vocals, which are fine. Again, it's more of a talky sort of song, anyway, so it works. But yeah, it's just such a nice album. I'm I'm glad you went with what you went with, but it is a, uh, it's just like fun and good. Yeah, which is sometimes exactly what you need from music. Exactly. Um, there was actually a, as probably always, there's a good amount of interesting music that came out. Um, some really big names dropped. Um, songs this week. Um, Tame Impala had a new song. Haim had a new song. Frank Ocean had a new song. I think mm-hmm. all of which were great and I enjoyed. Um, I considered bringing um, a song from Junior Williams and that's Junior stylized JNR. Um, and how about Williams? Williams is as you'd expect. Okay. WLMS. But he's got a beautiful, smooth voice. Yeah. Good week for music, and it's been really fun listening to so much of it in preparation for the show. Time to stop your scheming. Time the day is through. Can't you hear the bugle softly say, Time you should be dreaming. Okay, that's our show. So thank you all for listening. Um, Thank you to all the musicians who put out music this week, whether we talked about them or not, whether you starred in Jurassic Park or not, um, and in Jurassic World 2, right? He wasn't in the first one. Yeah, but the second. Yeah. Didn't see either one, so... Me neither. But I imagine he did a great job. Yeah, so... Give us a subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. And uh, we'll catch you next time, which will be Tuesday, November 12th.